0: Hi, I'm Chris, and I'm Ian, and welcome to this week's episode of the Focal Point podcast.
1: This week, we are joined by Newport Dragons rugby legend Ashton Hewitt, who comes on the focal point to talk about high performance uh, and his perspective on what it's t- what it takes to be a, a high performing individual.
0: Uh, Ashton shares with us some stories uh, in this episode, based on his sporting experience, but also on his on his activism. Ashton's been very vocal around rugby uh, in the aftermath of the Black Lives Matter movement um, and continues to advocate um, for social justice and to uh, encourage people to have difficult conversations and see other perspectives.
1: This was a candid interview with Ashton. He's very open about his experiences and some of them you might find quite shocking and some of them I found particularly shocking to listen to, but it's important that you hear his story. Uh, and his perspective. So here is Ashton Hewitt on the Focal Point podcast. Ashton, mate, a privilege to to have you on uh, the Focal Point. Mate, just just tell us, where where are you today? What what are you doing?
2: I'm in my house uh, catching up on some bits and bobs on my day off uh, from rugby. Uh, I'm in Newport, Wales, um, pro rugby player. So I get my one day off a week. Uh, to, to focus on some other stuff. So so that's where I am right now.
0: Mate,
1: just tell us a bit about what else you do, because for those that don't know your background and what you do, um, you just sort of, I think, undersold your day off because you do quite a lot in that day off. So what, what are you looking at at the minute?
2: Um, I've I've got a few things going on, actually. Um, I've just been appointed as a um, non-exec director for Commonwealth Games Wales. Um, so I'm getting, doing some catch-up on that, a new experience, um, some stuff that I'm not really too familiar with, so um, I'm working pretty hard on, on getting up to speed on that. It's a new environment for me and um, just getting comfortable in my in sort of role. Uh, so that's one thing. Some stuff with the, the Welsh Rugby Players Association, we've got some stuff to sort out, um, so trying to help uh, the WRPA as an organisation move forward as an exec member on the committee there. And then some other stuff, um, some TV bits and bobs. I'm pretty strong on diversity and inclusion and equality, mm. addressing social injustices. So for me, it's just about spending some of my spare time trying to see where I can infiltrate and influence, raising the conversation and a, an awareness around um, inequality in, in different areas of society, really. So um, a couple of different things going on.
0: My days off usually involve a sofa. And I'm uh, trying to empty the fridge,
2: mate. So, yeah. <laughs> I try and get those days in as well when I can. I try and get those days in as well.
1: It's having, like, a, a, a purpose to what you do? Because it's straight away with what you just described. There's, like, really strong purpose behind all, all of that. Is that something that you always look for in what you're
2: doing? Yeah, I've, I've always looked for it and, it. and it sort of just came around, really. Um, you know, certain roles came around that I could get involved in. The more I spoke about... Um, the things that I'm passionate about and my experiences, the more people that wanted to engage with me and get me involved in things that they're doing. So um, I've always had a a passion and a drive for it. Obviously, rugby has always been my primary focus. Um, I did some studying on the side, went to university, but didn't really know what it would lead to. That's what I spent my spare time doing. Um, You know, they they always tell you to have a plan B, and even though I didn't know what that plan B was, um, I just wanted to sort of build on myself outside of rugby and then over the last couple of years since I finished um, studying some more you know real things real experiences you know started to come to the surface that i get involved in so I've sort of tried taking on everything that I can really to sort of figure out where it is I want to go what it is I want to do and and figure out how much I can do at the same time so yeah um I've, I've always had that drive but i've never known specifically what it was gonna yeah. lead to and where that road was gonna go but i've always been working towards something if that makes sense
1: how do you how do you make a distinction then how, how do you decide which area is is right for you to get involved in
2: i still haven't to be honest with you i've, I've sort of narrowed down the 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 fact that I want to do something meaningful, something that I'm passionate about and that I really care about. Um, but I still don't know exactly where that ends, you know, I don't know exactly where that ends up. Um, I talk about a couple of different things in different areas that I'm involved in, so whether that continues further down the line and, and that is my, my future in terms of not having any one thing but trying to take it as many places as possible and influence mm-hmm. as many different places as possible. That that might be me. Um but yeah how how do I distinguish that I'm I'm not too sure. I think I just gotta keep on working on myself and and keep taking opportunities to pop up and, and sort of push myself forward to do different things mm-hmm. and try different things. And then you get more of an idea. Yeah. That makes sense. Is there much pressure for you to do that?
0: Because obviously you're in a career that you know, you you're coming through injury now, right? You're in a career that, yeah, you're one bad injury away from maybe it ending, or you do I mean, or that that direction changing, right? And having to step off that path, is there much pressure on you as a result to find something else?
2: Yeah, I've 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 always felt the pressure of needing something else. Um, like you said, it can it can end at any moment, and you can find yourself in a sticky situation. So what? Uh, I've always felt that even if I didn't get an exact idea of what it is I wanted to do, I needed to make sure that I was equipped myself Mm. to do something. If that situation came around, now I've been fortunate enough, even though I've had my fair share of injuries, I'm lucky enough to to still have a career where I am at the moment in rugby, but um, I've also got the time to be working on myself outside of rugby and, and preparing in that way. So, so it is pressure, that, you know, there's pressure from yourself mm. in in how you develop yourself and how you execute different opportunities that you get outside of rugby, how you present yourself and stuff like that away from rugby. Um, there's obviously the pressure of um, it could end at any moment. Um, so, so yeah, overall, there, there is pressure for me personally to, to make sure that I've got something there for after rugby, but also the pressure of of doing something that i care about and something that makes a difference um that's that's a big pressure for me and making sure that i execute whatever i do that's that's another pressure
1: yeah but you you get that right we've been lucky enough to spend a bit of time with you you know whether it's down at dragons or in other environments and you know without kind of making you feel uncomfortable or squeamish at the start of this call you're an inspiring guy to be around because you do stuff that you you care about and it's it's really obvious it's quite infectious, actually, to be around someone that has has that clarity. Um, and I think it's something that, you know, from a performance perspective, it's a, a theme that comes up on this discussion at times about being clear about what we want to do. And, yeah, that's yeah, it really is palpable when you're in your presence that you're clear on on kind of the things you focus in on. I'm just interested like, to, to, to try to un, un, unpick how it becomes so clear. So, so what? why is it so clear to you? Well, why, why is there that that, that drive to, to sort of... Yeah, create that effect. What 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 is it that's driven you to to be there, to do that?
2: I think I think it's something that's that's pretty much instilled in me, really. You know, my my main job, if you like, throughout my whole life is is, is being a a rugby player. You know, it started when I was in school, so my whole life has been competition, getting better, fighting for your place, wanting to win needed to be a team player to win. So that drive is something that I've I've just always had, you know, from a rugby perspective. But um the more experiences that I've got through life and reflecting on my experiences growing up, which led me to be so passionate about influencing other people and educating other people and making other people care about certain things and different groups of people, that drive has come from from my experiences and myself, and and the more I start, to, or the more I started, to engage in what I was doing. So, you know, going to visit kids and schools and seeing their experiences, and you know, certain kids not knowing where they want to go. Um, you know, addressing some issues that are in companies and different institutions, different sectors. The the more you explore it and the more you get involved in it, the more you realize, you know, that there needs to be people who are driving these things and that's driving itself is the more involved you get, the more you need to build and build and build. And you know, it's no different from rugby, you know, you you're always fighting to be better and better and better and win and win and win um you know and when it comes to equality you're always fighting for that next win whether it's a piece of legislation or a change in policy at or an organization or even just getting somebody in a room having a conversation and getting them to understand the perspective that they've never been exposed to before mm-hmm. um that's that's a drive and, and that's a massive win when it comes to conversations around racism homophobia or whatever it may be so um I think that the drive just constantly builds up and builds up and builds up. The more you get involved in something, the more you care about it, um, especially when it relates to your own life and experiences.
0: Mm. No, I, I, what I'm loving is that parallel. Like we talk about, like performance not being a thing that's just for sport. You know, if you want to perform in any walk of life, you want to change people's minds, yeah, you want to you want to challenge a status quo, right? Your rugby career is all about, you know. It's about not accepting as you know, how good I am now, right? It's about how do I take the next step? How do I get better? And like that seems to be like runs across into that, you know, how 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 you pursue your activism, how you pursue like yeah you know, change and, and and like addressing difficult issues. Right? It's all based in how do we make it better? How do I challenge a status quo? How do we how do we drive it on?
2: You know, everything can be related back to performance, guys. You know, we we look at sort of the people management aspect. You know, when it comes to sport. You know, we look at the perspective that I come from and, and you look at culture and, and working hard. I, I think that performance aspect can be, can be related to anything, no matter what the conversation is. You're trying to get people to perform better, whether it's in a sporting environment or a different sector. You're always looking for your employees to, to perform better. And, you know, there's a, as you well know, there's a variety of different ways and different things that contribute to that performance. And I think, you know, caring, caring about people and treating people and understanding people is a huge, huge part of that performance. You know, and you know, when I narrow it down to what I'm doing, equality and diversity, inclusion, um, is, is a huge part of um, is a huge part of that.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm interested in, in one thing, and I hope it doesn't come across as like overly naive, um, but you know that. We, Chris and I, come like a privileged background, right? In, in in a number of senses, actually. And one of the things that I hear being talked about now is like action required around the, this this issue, right? The, the issue of diversity and inclusion. And I mentioned about from from your perspective, what's the first like step we that people like Chris and I can take around changing the narrative on this? Is there is there a sort of the first step we can take to understand better? I,
2: I think for me, it's it's just it's just taking the time out because. It's not a topic that you can have one conversation with one person about and get you know, a complete understanding of it. It, it takes a long time to understand all the complexities and the issues around social injustices and equality and inclusion, diversity, um, because you've got this long history with so many different events um, that contribute and are part of the discussion. Yeah. it takes time to really understand it and it takes time to see it from a different perspective that you might not have been exposed to throughout your life and yeah. and it's about caring it's about understanding how people feel it's understanding how people are treated um and having an open mind um you know mm-hmm. and, and really engaging with it and and being understanding around the topic I think I think that's the main thing I, I think the worst thing you can do is expect to have a conversation with any one person mm. and instantly grasp, yeah. um, you know, everything that is around um, the issue and, and topic. Mm. I think it takes a bit of commitment and a bit of time to, to really understand it and, and really care about it if it's something that you've not been exposed to before.
1: A proper hallmark of high-performing environments is there's, a, there's often a a willingness to listen um, and I think you just sort of touched on the the mm-hmm. topic there around it's things like to, to get real change it takes time you have to listen you have to understand I think that's a good catch mate actually in this you know we are in a bit of a sat-nav generation at times are where we want an instant resolution to stuff like well I've had the yeah. conversation why can't we fix it and the, 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 it, is too, it is
0: complex and I don't think we fully recognise the complexity at times mm, that's huge yeah I've read a book I've read an article I've had a conversation mm i therefore, do you mean therefore my learning's complete as opposed to really, like you say, like committing to it. Mate, that's brilliant. Um, Ashton, I'm conscious that we haven't actually talked about your focal point. Yet. <laughs> yes. like, we've done it again. Well, what we've done is we do every single time is get into a conversation. So, like, and, and, and who knows, okay. might, hopefully it will hopefully it will dovetail into what we've already talked about. But, mate, what, tell us, what is your focal point? What is your item that is a, it kind of represents performance to you?
2: My item um, at the moment is is something pretty specific to to what I'm going through now, but it's it's going to be my rehab Mm programme, right? Um, It's going to be my rehab programme, but that programme can change all the time. So sometimes it can just be a programme or your schedule. um, um, Rugby-related, rugby-specific, you know, right now but my, my program is my week planned out, every single exercise that I need to do to get my knee better and get me back to performing at my best, 100% fit um, and overcome the injury that I've, that I've faced. Mm-hmm. And I sort of picked this because it sort of just represents the, the commitment, the focus, the discipline to follow that program to achieve the outcome that I want to achieve. If that makes sense. And if you take yeah. it away from, you know, just this um, specific around my knee, because at the moment it's a knee program, but you know, when I'm playing the program changes to what I need to achieve in the gym, what I need to achieve on the field, what I, what I need to achieve in terms of speed, skill, um, you know, Game plan, understanding. So throughout the whole week, that program, my schedule is referred to, and my achieving, me achieving my goal, is based on me executing my schedule mm-hmm. um, um, to the T, basically, and being disciplined enough to not skip anything um, and, and carry it out to give myself the best chance of being the best that I can be again. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, just for, like, if you're happy to, like for those that, I'm sure people can go and Google it, but for those people that don't maybe follow rugby particularly closely but are listening, just, just give us a flavour of what happened because I think you know, of the injury that you're rehabbing from.
2: So last season, um, somebody landed on my leg awkwardly so I dislocated my knee uh, ruptured my MCL and ACL ligaments in my knee which which is a pretty big deal um, so that's about knee reconstruction um, and then immediately one week post-op you're in the gym working on getting it right again and um, you know everybody who's, who's had a serious injury um, in rugby will tell you how much harder it is being injured than it is being fit because you have to focus on getting your knee right or whatever injury that it is right, you know, whilst keeping up with what the team's doing because you still want to have the input and help where you can, whilst trying to do some skill so that, you know, you're not dropping balls left, right, and center as soon as you come back, as well as trying to keep your fitness up. And the strain is just massive. There's just so much to focus on. There's so much pressure to get it right, to make sure that you come back okay. There's so much worry, stress. Um, and, and it's just a, a, a big deal. It's, it's a really, really hard year to go through. Mm. If I'm being completely honest, it, it's, it's really tough.
0: How do you stop yourself getting overwhelmed by that? Yeah, by the stress, by the worry, by probably the pain, by the anxiety that goes with it? Yeah, How do you, how do you stop yourself being overwhelmed and... And stay focused on what it is you actually need to do.
2: I think it's keeping keeping those goals in sight, achievable goals. Now, when I've had when I've had injuries in the past, I've a lot of the time I've tried pushing it. I've got frustrated when things aren't moving as quickly as they should be. Um, you know, and that just leads to more and more frustration, and sometimes can hinder your recovery and 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 the rate that you're coming back at. So I have found that setting goals achievable goals mm-hmm. is, is great and that comes from you know your physio as well the expert around around your injury so it's, it's wise in listening to him um and that program delivers that if that makes sense so your program for that week will have an end goal you have your testing periods throughout so your your overall goal is obviously to get back fit but there's so many small goals Within that space of time, whether it's the number of reps you can do on single leg press, or you know the the number of meters you can run without getting sore, and all these different things that should be seen as achievements throughout the long process, they they will keep you going because you know you're not 100% fit yet, but you know this week you've reached that goal when you're supposed to have reached it, and now you can push on. You've got your new program, you stay disciplined with that, and then you go and achieve the next goal, and each time. You know, you're smashing those goals. You're a step closer. You're feeling better. You're feeling motivated because you smashed the last goal. Mm. So that's one thing is is the goal setting, I'd say. Um, but then also the people around you stop you from getting overwhelmed. I mentioned my physio already, but you know, I'm I'm not the only person in the club who was injured and and had to go through this injury. So there's huge support from people around you. Obviously, being part of a team, boys care about each other. So there's a lot of advice um from other players who have been through similar things there's people on similar programs to you so you can you know you can be targeting the same goals in in whatever period of time that it is um you can do your running together your weight sessions together your rehab together so um there's a lot to be said for the people who are around you and in, in supporting you through that as well mm-hmm.
0: so what i'm hearing is achievable goals is a good step if people want to go on a bit of a, a journey whether it's a recovery journey performance journey kind of celebrating when you hit those small goals I think it's quite easy right to to pass those by have some perspective that you're probably not the first and only person this has happened to um which can be hard to do right in the moment you know when something feels like it's totally swamping you mm-hmm. and surround yourself with good people like advice support people that care about you Is that that a fair reflection
2: sounds like a good recipe yeah so perfect Good
1: recipe for performance. Yeah, it is, it is a recipe, right? It's a recipe for performance. I think there's some really interesting performance hallmarks in there. Get drawn to the bit about celebrating these these minor successes. I think At times, I don't see that enough. I don't see us lean into that and recognise that we've actually got somewhere. Um, how do you celebrate that milestone when you get like you've done another leg press more and like I'm yeah I'm ahead of schedule and bang on like what how does Ashton
2: celebrate that? Um i i I wouldn't say i I celebrate it by actually doing something but it's just appreciating it and you know you're getting my feel good from it I don't think you have to you know physically go out and do something to celebrate or or have something you know some sort of ritual to to celebrate those milestones you know even though you can I don't personally mm. um, i just i just appreciate those moments if that makes sense and right. and understand that step in the in the bigger picture of of returning and and where it is in uh, me performing to where i was performing before it's another step closer it's me going up another 10 yeah. um it's it, it's just being happy with it with, with where you are there and then and where that step is in, in the bigger picture for me
0: conscious you won't want to like probably you want, you want to make, let your physios know that there are certain bits that you really love doing or not doing. But when you get a programme like that that stretches out over a long time, do you look at it and go, oh, fucking hell, I, I don't want to do that week. Like That week's, yeah, I'm going to struggle to get up for that week. I'm going to struggle to, to like, you know, find the success and find the little enjoyment of the bits in that. Is that a thing or do you just look at the whole thing and go, I'm, I'm quite up for this as a programme? Uh,
2: no, loads of ups and downs. Hmm. You know, I've I've had periods where um, my programs had to stay the same for a long time mm. because I'm not achieving that goal and it gets really frustrating one thing about an injury like this one day you can wake up and your knee feels amazing and you're thinking I could probably play, I- I'm ready to play yeah. even though realistically you're miles away from playing you know, you're in that headspace your knee feels good but then by the end of the day you're absolutely battered yeah. um, your knee feels horrible and you think you're never going to play again you fail your test and your physio tells you "Oh, we're going to have to stick to the same rehab program. We're not going to be able to start running or we're not going to be able to progress to this because, you know, we haven't cleared this stage yet. Um, and it's hard, but, you know, there's, there's not many times um, with anything really where you have doubts about your program or your schedule or if it's working, if it's, if it's you know, 100% going to get you where you're going. Um it's it's a roller coaster. If if I had no hiccups, um, you know, throughout a whole year of of recovery, that'd be that'd be pretty hard. I don't think anybody. Well, I think it'd be extremely rare for somebody to have such a clean mm. uh, comeback and recovery to to absolutely smash everything on the way to to returning. So um, no, it's, it's it's not all plain sailing. Definitely, definitely not. Um, I assure you my physio knows it when I'm frustrated and I, I'm not happy that he's, that, that he's put me on the same programme and, and he'll tell you the same, I can be a bit of pain, um, you know, when, when I'm not happy and I'm not, um, you know, I'm not where I should be, you just have to get your head around it, like I said, be disciplined with that schedule, be disciplined mm. with that programme and sort of trust the process, trust the people around you that they know what they're doing so that then next week you will smash the ball and then you'll press on, you
1: know, it's, mm biggest thing you've learned about yourself during this period
2: um, the biggest thing i've learned about myself i think the biggest thing is the biggest thing is, is is that you you will struggle and i think you need to seek support when you're struggling i went through a period of time where um I was speaking up on the activism I was doing, speaking openly about racism, and I was absolutely bombarded by trolls on social media, and this was at the same time as my me, Um, and I felt like everything was just coming down, Um, and I'm the sort of person who would keep it in a lot of the time, um, and sort of have that mentality of just staying tough, just get on with it, get in the gym on my own, get it done, won't speak to anyone about, you know, how I'm feeling about my knee or coming back, the worries that I had, how I'm feeling, you know, in other areas of my life. I just think um, the biggest thing I learned is is it's healthy to, to talk about how you're feeling, no matter what situation you're in. Um, you know, if it's a tough time, talk to people about it. You've got a support network around you to talk about it and that's something that, that I sort of learned about myself is I probably excel, you know, when I've got a little bit off my chest. Yeah. Um, it helps me perform better when I get a little bit off my chest. Um, tap into the people who are around me that can help, um, you know, and not do them myself with absolutely everything. I think that's something I learned about myself um, over the years and, you know, with this injury and the last, and everything that's been going on the last couple of years of my life, really.
0: Mm.
1: I can I can imagine mate. you know well actually no I can't imagine
2: I literally can't imagine
1: but my suspicion would be that it must be quite lonely when you're in that space and like you get in by people that are you know have the most bizarre opinions on stuff that it must feel like quite isolated so I think the importance of knowing you can reach out and, and and I think taking that step isn't it it's about it's so hard at times to take that first step and ask for help um, you know, we, we've done some work with Greg and you've done some work with Greg Bateman, you know, around those kind of, you know, his campaign with people's captain and you know, helping men have better conversations or people in general have better conversations about mental health and, and themselves. But it must. Yeah, that first step is so crucial. It's so crucial. Does it? Do you get numb to the abuse Ashton, after a while? Does it just become noise or does it always have an effect?
2: No, it, I it's hard to get numb to it because um, sometimes, so when you're talking to, uh, around racism, you know some of the things you see that that are personal to you from an aspect of you've had those experiences, mm-hmm. and you know whether people are experiencing them, but certain things that you've been through throughout your life you sort of get numb to and normalize, if that makes sense. So yeah. an example being getting stopped and searched by the police or yeah. the racial banter. That's something that I'd get numb to and I'd just be like, oh do you know what it's completely normal now. You normalize it, mm. as do so many other people. But what changed when um what changed when I started speaking out about racism following the the protest the Black lives matter movement and when all that was going on and at the forefront of conversation the abuse it wasn't just experiences that i'd face now it, the, the abuse was coming becoming very personal okay my experiences um it was now becoming related to rugby. I was getting fans abusing me relating it to rugby, hoping that, you know, I was getting messages saying they, they couldn't wait for me to get another... um a- ..another head injury or, you know, wanted me to get injured. I've, I've had people send me videos of black men being burnt alive. What? Um, the, the range of abuse I've had, you know, directly at me with such hate was, was, yeah, there, there's no way of, of becoming none to that. And also the impact that it had on my family, um, you know, my mum crying because of what she's seeing being said to me on Twitter, my sister crying because she's had ex- you know similar experiences how her life and it's brought it all to the surface. Mm-hmm. And she's seen what I'm going through, you know, putting myself out there um, on social media to just get it tenfold. Um,
1: Mate, uh, yeah, you, you can't get numb to that. Uh, I, I'm now really no. like, aware that my question is absolutely clumsy as hell because again, they they, that that there you go. So that that proves the point I said earlier about my perspective on this. But th- what you've just described there is extreme beyond the level of extreme I thought you might have ever experienced. Okay, so that does that just highlights to me how extreme this issue is.
2: Mate, so I didn't want to ta- I didn't want to
1: put you in that headspace. I'm, I'm apologise now for sort of taking us to that point. That's not where I wanted us to go.
2: Yet. No, you don't have to apologise no you you don't have to apologize because like i said earlier it's about having you know different conversations with different people and until people ask questions and you know talk about their perspective and their life experiences people aren't going to understand so Mm. um people you know certain people need to talk about it for for other people to understand and get Mm. insight. so
1: So it's your 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 turn now, Ashton, to to ask us a question. So, have you got a question for myself and Chris?
2: I suppose my question is: in your opinion, is it possible to bring absolutely everything together? So, if we were to say all of the episodes you've done, all of the things that have been brought up around high performance and things that contribute to high performance. Have you seen it? Have you seen the full package? Have you seen anybody who sort of you could, you know, they've completed it? <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? How how you know is it is it doable to, to to focus on absolutely every aspect of high performance and execute it? And if there is, what is the best way to manage it? <sighs>
1: I think in theory, it is possible to connect them all together. Um, Have I seen it? No, I haven't. Um, But I think in theory, you could. But I I don't believe that would be conscious, actually. I think that'd be an accident. They would all happen. I think there's so many components to high performance that in order to consider them all consciously would be, yeah, just an absolute freak accident that you get them all right and the reason why I say that is it's so environmentally dependent in my opinion of, in my opinion high performance like stuff that you would consider to be high performing in one environment the hallmarks of it are great but they might not translate to another environment so I do think it's all around understanding the environment that you're in and the more and more exposure Chris and I get to high performing environments in business and sport that is the fundamental aspect is how quickly can we understand the environment that we're in how quickly can we tailor what we're doing to the environment that we currently face? Um, and at times, I don't think people do that enough. They don't recognise the environment's changed. They don't recognise that things are changing around them. Um, so to answer this question, I believe it's possible, but I don't see it done because I think there's too many things to consider. Um, I don't know. That's a terrible answer. I probably get like a, a 41% um, for that one, mate. So just, just <laughs> a nice paper to pass on there. There we go. <laughs> yeah.
2: I've got a new question, I've got a new question, I've got a new question, sorry. Go on, go on. I'll do this it's one. It's related. Um, you, you said it'd be a, an accident because there's so many different things to consider related to high performance. Organisationally, would it be healthy or a hindrance to try and delve into every aspect too much? Great
0: question. Does that make sense? Yeah. If goes. you
2: try and tackle absolutely everything, are you spreading yeah. yourself thin or do you think you pick your programme? Right, I'm going to absolutely hammer this programme, make sure it's perfect. Yeah. Or do you have an alright programme or this, 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 and hoping it all comes together for high performance? So I've got a
1: quick answer again on this when, when you're talking. Uh, I'm to with
2: that question. Another hallmark
1: is that High performing environments are fast, they move quickly from what I've seen.
2: And um, now I think your Wi Fi is conveniently dipping, <laughs> is it? <laughs>
1: no, it's because I'm tethering on my yeah. phone. Um, yeah, can you hear us now, mate? Have you got us at your end?
2: Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay. I got you.
1: Yeah, mate. Normally, normally, Ashton, what happens is my washing machine tries to come through the wall on the other side every time we've recorded one of these my, my wife's put a wash on in the, the utility room and it bounces around in the utility room like, of havoc. I haven't got that excuse yeah. today uh, but I think yeah the other hallmark that I've identified is that they are fast-paced environments certainly your environment right that you work in results orientated fast-paced things happen and can happen quite quickly I mean look at you you get an injury and all of a sudden boom you, you've changed um or your your you know your the next nine months of your life have changed significantly so I think dwelling on every aspect reduces your ability to flex. Um, You mentioned flexibility today around your programme. It changes, it's constantly changing. So I think if you delve into every aspect, you reduce the opportunity to be flexible. So I don't think you can in order to be high performing. The challenge becomes that little, the little issue that you're not dealing with, that you think is okay and okay, will probably come back to bite you at some point. Um, So being aware of when to deal with them is crucial. I don't think you can deal with them. I don't think you can go into depth with them at all times uh, or or try and do that at any one point in time. I think you have to be quick and be flexible.
0: Yeah, I think I generally agree. I think we start talk to people about, I'll ask you, Ashton, how do you eat an elephant? How do I eat an elephant? How would you eat an elephant? Yeah, I wouldn't. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. it wouldn't good that's the second best the first best answer i had is trunk first like you, you know something that big like you eat it one bite at a time like you can't if you try and eat a whole elephant in one sitting, you've had it maybe that metaphor didn't work very well in this case <laughs> <laughs> I it. There's, there's definitely there's definitely a like i think an aspiration we see it with people who try and fix everything at once mm. like yeah you know, we're gonna we have you know, we have wholesale problems or we you know we're Need to pursue performance in a totally different way, so we'll try and do everything. I like, might, I can't think there's a there's a theory about it, but in changing a few things, you then change the environment, so you never give anything the chance to land. You don't give you know, the changes you have done a chance to take hold. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think trying to do it all at once is flawed, in my opinion. I think there's definitely some principles, though. I think you can apply principles across the whole thing. You, know, you could say we want to be one of the things we always talk about we talked about today is, is communicating in the most effective way for that environment and for the people in it. If you hold that principle and maybe several other principles alongside, it, I think you can kind of, do you know what I mean? You can be in the right area. You can be channeling your behavior nudging your behavior in the right direction, but to try and do like a program that changes everything or to try and do like a project that changes everything at once. Um, I don't think you'd be able to do it. I think it'd get confusing. I think it'd get a bit complicated um because one of the other things that rings through about performance is about clarity right yeah. and i think that would muddy it all up but
1: thanks again mate for finding the time to talk to us um with your incredibly busy schedule mate i hope your day off <laughs> goes well <laughs> um and mate i really again i'd like to thank you for just sharing your your insight and being really candid with us today it's um it, it's a privilege to, to talk to you and get get your opinion get your perspective
2: thank you for inviting me on i appreciate you uh the invite.
1: No problem, mate. Well, um, hopefully see you soon. Absolutely storming it on the wing at Rodney, eh?
2: Fingers crossed, mate. Not far <laughs> off. <laughs> to it, mate. Well, good
0: luck with the rest
2: of the rehab as
0: well. Cheers, mate. Take care. Cheers,
1: Cheers Ashton. Nice one. So, mate, we we didn't record this at the end of the podcast um that day. We have we've, we've got together uh, a few days afterwards to, to mm-hmm. record our reflections and listening back to it. Uh, it's a great insight isn't it from mashton they Mm one about sort of recovery from from injury but but some of the other um, challenges that he's been exposed to are still now i I was i don't get shocked that often i really don't and i i was genuinely yeah quite shocked by what he had to say certainly about the abuse that he's experienced that it's really opened my eyes to how like how hard that is, like how, how how extreme that is, and how easy it is for for that to happen.
0: Um, yeah, it's hard to comprehend, right? I think hearing it from someone that you know, and you know, you you've seen his voice and things on social media. But hearing him talk about it in person was was again something else. Here about that, it's it's quite challenging to hear it, but it was it was good to hear it. in in the you know I think taking on Ashton's point about listening to other perspectives Mm. taking the time to get under the you know under the issue rather than just dealing with it at like a sort of you know surface level Mm. um and he's really yeah he's really he's kind of really helped sort of push me in a direction on that um it sounds like he has you as well right so absolutely yeah absolutely I mean he's made I'm also frustrated I'm
1: frustrated by the fact that you know, if i wanted to tweet something now about covid or if i wanted to tweet a perspective on you know russia or the ukraine crisis it's a high likelihood that that organization will filter it or certainly check it but it seems that if you want to send the most disgusting racial abuse that the imaginable or thinkable oh there's no filter on that let that come through and that that to me is something that has to instantly change about how social media manages itself and, and looks at itself because it does seem to be well, it's just non-congruent. It's just ridiculous, in my opinion. <laughs> hey, it's, that's pretty my opinion.
0: it's pretty staggering.
1: Um the, there's think, also a lot in there, but I don't want to dwell on, on um yeah. on like the, the shocking. Well, I do want to dwell on the shocking elements actually, but I also think there are some really amazing perspectives from, from Ashton around high performance, or just yes. performance in general. So to, to me, the the elements of an evolving plan, you are know, not getting too stuck on your on the plan and getting too aligned to it. You know, I, I see people do that all the time with like life goals, you know, my five year plan is this, and they seem to be really rigid and not really flexible and don't seem to be built to actually navigate and survive life. So that, that I think was quite useful to hear that him talk about that the need for his recovery plan to evolve. And also that mm. the importance of asking for help, you know, knowing that it's going to be difficult and, and using help around you to, you know, to rationalize and, and help keep you moving in the right direction. Uh, has also definitely stuck with me
0: yeah that's nice i think i think the, the the performance bit that stands out to me is, is quite similar um certainly about seeking perspective that like it kind of ties into his wider points right about seeking perspectives um dealing with the complicated stuff but i'm like asking experts like using mm-hmm. experts I, I know that's that's something that's come up in some of the other work that we've done recently at uh, performance edge is, this idea that proximity to expertise, mm. you know, helps you achieve goals, helps you learn new things, um, and bringing them into kind of your environment, you know, testing your knowledge, testing their knowledge, um, and, and you know, really finding ways to make expertise work for you, I think, is a really good point. Um, yeah, you know, I guess when you're dealing with something like a big injury like that, there's lots of things you don't know. Um, yeah, so so you kind of you're naturally drawn to experts, but I think in, in wider life in you know, performance in other settings where we're not talking about like a physiological goal, there yeah. will still be experts around you, right? That you yeah. can, there'll still be experts that you could go and ask. Definitely. Um, but I, and again, I think the other point in it is just about like the amount of commitment and discipline that it needs. Yeah, I think you can you can probably get so far um, in terms of like a you know, a really high in performance goal by not being too disciplined but I think if you're going to take it to the you know, to the pinnacle of it if you're going to hit that goal in the time frame that you want and you you're really going to have success with that process there has to be discipline in there I think that stands out to me also mm-hmm. it? it sounds like something that's really hard as well right because yeah you know, I think we talked about it with Ashton and some experience of it recently in not quite to the same extent but it, it's the discipline in the, is required in things that you wouldn't think need discipline yeah, you think it takes discipline to get up and go for a run in the mornings it does but it also takes discipline to not do that you know too early when you're supposed to be like laid up and taking it really easy so yeah there's a real mindset shift in there i think how he's approached it
1: yeah definitely yeah the that that's uh that's this episode so again we thank ashton for, for giving us the, the the time to come and uh come and uh, chat to us um as usual, we were putting the notes from the conversation out on on LinkedIn. Uh, and as, as always, we welcome any questions or you know, um, provocations you've got uh, from what's been discussed on the podcast. And we also welcome you identifying on you'd like us to speak to. So we're more than happy mm-hmm. to to reach out and um, have conversations with interesting people. Uh, that's the whole aim of the, the focal point. So thanks for tuning in. And um, yeah, we look forward to, to bringing you the next episode soon.
0: Yeah, thanks for taking the time.